The following podcast is a production of Hardly Awesome Studios in association with the network. Find us at BICBP-radio.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Silencer Phones. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Chavez, joined as always by Sean Fritz. Hey, what's up? Uh, hey, nerd. Sean, you're back from, where you said Tennessee? Mm-hmm. And you survived. You survived the Tennessee Rona. Tennessee is an interesting place. Um, did you know, Chris? Fun fact. I, I, I know a little bit about Tennessee. I learned about it from Arrested Development. Never watched it. I'm um, talking about the amazing hip hop group of the nineties, Tennessee, Tennessee. Oh, Tennessee, Tennessee. Yes. <laughs> um, I know who did that song. Don't tell me. Um, that was not the same band that did pass the Dutchie, was it? It's Arrested Development. Oh yeah. Oh geez. <laughs> Mr. Totally Wendell. Remember, remember he did Mr. Wendell too. Do you remember that song or they did? No, I'm no, I'm familiar <laughs> with Tennessee, but okay. uh, gotcha. Yeah. I'm not as in the hip hop. I don't have as much hip hop cred as you do. <laughs> what were you doing? Why is Tennessee weird in real life? Oh, it's just interesting in the way that they, uh, there's curious COVID um, in, uh, facts about Tennessee. Tennessee uh, so I was in Nashville. That's the Western part of the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have been to Chattanooga. It's very small. Um, however, Nashville, guess what? No masks, no mask requirements. I look like a weirdo wearing one. <laughs> Everybody's looking at you like, look at that idiot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although I did go to a comedy club on, uh, uh, which was great. I got to see uh, Big J Okerson, who was, uh, let's just say, if you have a sensitive uh, stomach for interesting, uh, questionable, um, not questionable, uh, he's fast and loose with the, with the, um, with the, uh, he does a lot of crowd work, let's just say. Oh, gotcha. So if you can't take it, that's probably not the place to be. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a very much, you know how comedians are very much, they, are on their own, you know, they now attract a very specific crowd. And mm-hmm. most people, unless they're of that either, I don't want to say mindset because that's not a fair, uh, fair category to, to use, but, um, but they are, you know, most comedians will attract their audience and, yeah, yeah. you know, it's word of mouth. It's not, you're not finding them on the tonight show anymore. Like with Carson or Letterman. Have you ever been to a live comedy show where there's a heckler? Like, have you ever uh, witnessed yeah. it live? Really? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, so I wish sometimes I wish it's so uncomfortable, but sometimes I wish because I've seen oh, the videos that. online, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I love watching videos where the comedians own the hecklers like they just completely own them. There's there's one of and I know he's not everybody's cup of tea and I've kind of dropped off on him. But there's one of uh, way back when uh, of Joe Rogan mm-hmm. uh, owning a it was a female heckler. Guess what? In a bachelorette party group. And uh, there's a shock. That's <laughs> by the way, you'll find a lot of those in Nashville. Um, really? Is that like the thing? 
Oh, yes, it is, it is the thing. But you will, uh, the, uh, there's basically the Rogan puts on his woman voice, the basically the pre Karen Karen voice. What you <laughs> and 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 if you listen to it or watch it, you will immediately and forever hear that voice as the Karen voice. Oh my god! And he talks about just some wild shit, and it it shuts this lady down and her entire party. And he's trying to be nice to her at first and tell her to shut up. And then he just, let's just say he gets mean about it because she won't stop because he, he said, all right, everybody who has a microphone in their hand, continue to talk. And she keeps talking. He's like, this is a microphone. You don't have one. <laughs> um, but I was at a, uh, here in Raleigh, I was at one uh, with Todd Glass, who is a Philadelphia based comedian. Oh yeah, I know him. Yeah. Uh, and watch his Netflix special. It is ridiculous. And there was one sentence in there that you're like, if it will make you stop doing what you're doing. And you're like, what did he just say? Wow. Really? Okay. I'll, I'll tell you when you're older, Chris, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll check it out. Yeah. It's his first uh, Netflix special from like, uh, Oh, the one without the band. Um, okay. But I saw him when he was doing the tour with the band and um, he tries to play up like he's like from the eighties, that kind of comedian, like with mm -hmm. the band and like the punchlines and stuff. It's very inside baseball and, and campy, but funny in the way he does it. But there was a group of, um, what's this called windbags uh, a mixed a mixed group of uh, men and women that wouldn't stop talking hence the windbags oh. and they were at the table in front of and slightly to the left of me to the right so they were stage left and eventually todd tried to ignore it but he kept looking over in their direction and then eventually he's like what, what, what is what is all this going on over here this chatter i have the stick not you and and eventually he said they're like, well, we were just talking about this. No, no, no. You can talk about the show when the show's done. This part here isn't part of the show. You talking isn't part of the show. This mouth, this is the one that talks. <laughs> you could do this with your mouth. Uh, and I'm pantomiming closing it. Uh, and and they, he basically lets them sit there for a while. And then they can then they start talking again. Oh, we're talking like 10 minutes into the show. And then another 25 minutes after that. And then he boots them. Uh, because they wouldn't stop. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really distracting to the audience. Isn't it so, crazy, dude? Like when you think about that, you think to yourself, like, you know what you're coming here for. Like, you know mm -hmm. what this place is. It's not like you're at Applebee's and this is background music. You know mm -hmm. where you're at, which is awful, by the way. So what makes you think it's just okay to do that and then continue later on? Like, and, and I guess that just kind of speaks to like where we are as a society where people just really, it's just all about yourself. A lot of the this times. was five years ago, but that's my saying. It's just yeah. continues to devolve, right? Like mm -hmm. how, how long ago did we watch that movie idiocracy? Right. Uh, and yeah. like, like, like it's insane to think about how we've like, like, wasn't it? Oh, it's about a year ago, right? A little bit over about, a year yeah. ago. Yeah. And, and think about where we are just a year later. And and every year we devolve more and more. And I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, everybody just, it's, they, they want everything to be about them. They're the center of their own universe. So in, in yeah. it comes out in all these different ways that are typically negative to a society, you know, the, at least the, the, the function of a society, a peaceful society. Yeah. Well, and you know, you mentioned idiocracy. Here's a fun segue. I, uh, while watching the movie that we're going to talk about mm -hmm. today, Oh, I, I was trying to get it. I was getting us there because this, uh, you made the point, like witnessing people to do something like that really brings us here. So when, while watching this movie that we watched today for today, 
I had the thought of this is a sequel to Idiocracy. <laughs> look at the look at the president I did too, look, dude. I how, did too. But you know, to your previous point, how wild is it that I mean, Mike Judge, Beavis and Butthead, Office yeah. Space, yeah, um, King of the Hill, King of the Hill. Not so much for this metaphor or for this. Oh, this I see point, what you're saying. But, okay, but in Idiocracy, so Beavis and Butthead, Office Space, uh, Idiocracy all done well you know didn't really beavis and butthead is the exception but those the other two the movies were far ahead of their time you look at the you know you look at the box office versus the worldwide sales of dvds and digital and everything else it's so like it's there's such a big gap it's it's like the wealth gap it's it's that big Mm -hmm. you know and how ahead of his time was mike judge and how misunderstood then, but critically revered for being such a visionary now. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mike Judge should be in charge. It's crazy, Maybe. right? And that's the thing. Like the movie you're referencing, like we watched a movie that basically puts a mirror and turns it around and makes us watch ourselves, really. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So uh, let's get into it, dude. We're talking about the, it's brand new. It came out at the very end of 2021 on Netflix. Uh, it's an Adam McKay film called don't look up this is not real this is not real this is not real this isn't happening kate uh tell me this isn't really happening i hear there's uh something you don't like the looks of we discovered a very large comet oh good for you it's headed directly towards earth this comet is what we call a planet killer At this exact moment, I say we sit tight and assess. Sit tight and assess? Sit tight. And then assess. The sit tight part comes first, and you gotta digest it. That's the assessment period. This is the worst news in the history of humanity. He just blew us off. What are we gonna do? We have to release the information. So we just leak it. Our guests today have made a pretty big discovery in space. How big is this thing going? I can't destroy my ex-wife's house. Is that possible? <laughs> There's a 100% chance that we're all going to die. Hey. 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 Well, the handsome astronomer can come back anytime, but the yelling lady, mm, not so much. Not so much. We're going to get the news out there one way or another. It's real and it's coming. FBI. Jesus Christ, you could have just called me. This comet contains $30 trillion worth of material. What do trillions of dollars matter if we're all going to die? Oh, no, no this is if we're rich, that would be terrible. You guys discovered a comet? I have a tattoo of a shooting star on my back. Oh, that, that's, that's terrific. <laughs> this could be a complete disaster. This is already a disaster. You know that girl from Live TV said we're all gonna die? No. Yo, bro! You'll never take me alive! There it is! A giant comet hurling its way towards Earth! Can you see it? I can't! My head is in a bag! I did have the FBI put that bag over your head. They don't do that. The CIA does, but I made them do it. You know, I had a feeling. It's a good feeling because that is what I did and was very funny and cool. And the funny thing about this, Adam McKay, 
this Adam McKay character, you might know him from doing such movies as Step Brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, not the same kind of movie at <laughs> all. No, not at all, dude. Not at all. Um, so you had never seen this t- to watch. this. like I watched it before and I knew I wanted to talk about it on this show. And uh, especially because we talked about Idiocracy. So I was like, oh, my God, we got to talk about this. Uh, mm-hmm. But I also because it would give me a reason to watch it again. I really wanted to see it again. So um, let's jump right into the plot. So what I said I was going to do with the new year is I'm going to read what Google says, and then we're going to say, hey, does that sound like a good representation of what the film is? The last time we did The Foreigner, and it sounded spot on from you know what the movie is. So this is what Google says Don't Look Up is. Two low-level astronomers must go on a giant media tour to warn mankind of an approaching comet that will destroy planet Earth. I don't think that's good enough. Uh-uh. No, I would say two, one revered and one, stu- one tenured professor and one student, doctoral candidate student, discover a comet that they have confirmed will impact Earth in six months and 14 days or whenever the diet timer goes off. Mm-hmm. Um, that was and, good, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty and, funny. Um, and, um, you know, then they have to go on a media tour after they meet with the president and basically are gaslit for at various stages of the movie and you know in a silly kind of way sent home you know yeah for me i would say this is a satirical comedy and commentary on society the media and politics right Mm -hmm. the idea is is there is a comet that is discovered that is a hundred percent going to hit earth and it's one of the size is it's considered a planet killer. And when scientists bring this information to the president, the president treats it as uh, she would anything else in politics. What's this going to do to my numbers is now the right time to do this. Cause I have other things that I should address first, meaning her public image. She's trying to get somebody into like the Supreme court or something. That's like all kinds of scandal tied to them. And so to her, this is kind of an inconvenient story to talk about now. So why don't we hold on for a little bit? Mm-hmm. So there's that aspect of it, right? Then there's the aspect of it that like when it does go out into the media, what happens? It becomes like catchphrases. And do you know what I mean? Like the and, and all of a sudden people like the beginning is the scientist, right? Leonardo mm-hmm. DiCaprio plays a scientist who's a very uncomfortable kind of skittish guy doesn't like to talk in public, you know, something was said earlier about on the internet and he's had no clue. He has no internet mm-hmm. presence, right? He has no clue who, who the, the it people are, doesn't is barely on social media. He doesn't understand that he's not a part of it. And, and I think part of it was, wasn't it about the Ariana Grande character? He's like, yeah, that? I don't know who that is, but right. that's also, you could say something about a current musician, like exactly. Lil- Lil insert uh, noun or adjective here, right. and I have no idea who that is, dude. And that's what I'm saying. Like the commentary here also is let's look at media now. Let's look at the entertainment industry, the pop culture world, and how like when this information is presented to them, it becomes benefit concerts for people to make money off of. 
Do you know what I mean? It becomes these like songs and, and, and TikTok dances or, or different challenges to, for people to do online based on what's happening in the world. And we're literally barreling to our end. And the scientists are like, Hey, pay attention. Stop paying attention to talking heads who have not your interest at mind. Stop paying attention to the pop stars. Stop paying attention to entertainment. Stop paying attention to the politicians. This is bigger than that. This is about our humanity and can we survive this? And we need to act now. And unfortunately we live in a world where their voices are quieted. There, it's not loud enough to overcome the din of the pop culture world, the entertainment industry, the talking heads, the politicians, the lobbyists. It's dude. So for me, yes, that plot that they gave us is a little flimsy because there's a lot more going on in this movie than just a comet coming down and the scientists trying to warn us. Yeah, I mean, it, there's it's it's a lot more dense even than what we just said. But I mean, there's like a, a Steve Jobs like character. Yeah. There's, you know, a chief of staff who is highly underqualified, let's say. <laughs> I think I think the entire cabinet was underqualified. What they say that like the head of the science or NASA or the head of whatever was a uh, what was anesthesiologist. Anesthesiologist. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Again, commentary, right? Like uh uh shining a mirror, you know, turning the mirror on society and saying, look at yourselves and look at what, what will happen, right? If we continue to go this course, because let's be honest, dude, if something of that magnitude were truly to happen, it would become politicized. It would become an idealistic thing. It would become this thing. Cause in this movie, right, there's this moment where finally they look up and you can literally see it now in the sky. You can see it up there in space, this, this comet coming towards earth. And people still get kind of brainwashed by, by the people that they're following when they start saying, Oh, they just think you're idiots. Just don't look up. Don't, don't do what they want you to do. If you do, you're just falling into their trap. So mm-hmm. people just don't look up. They, they didn't do the most <laughs> obvious thing. And, and let, me correct myself. let me correct myself. I said, Steve jobs, <laughs> uh, this, this, uh, there's a, a I felt like uh, it was the Tesla guy. What was his name? Elon Musk. Yeah. He that's kind of like, like he was almost like a combination like a between uh, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, yes, uh, and can I uh, and Steve Jobs? Uh, can I make a request? Uh, every time I say the word the, the the proper noun Jeffrey Bezos, you insert the Bo Burnham auto tune from the Jeffrey Bezos song. Have you have you? <laughs> That's heard a this, lot of times way? you're saying it, but no, not yet. I'll, oh, maybe I did. Was it on his his special? That comedy special? It's a YouTube thing. Uh, it was on. It's. I'll, I'll check it, it out. It was on YouTube, which is where I became familiar with it nice um but yeah there's there's so many uh you know amalgamation characters that you know are just ridiculous in what they do in this plot. but it's it's ridiculous but it's even more ridiculous that it's not far from the truth right borderline truth adjacent that's like kind of like idiocracy right like Mm -hmm. idiocracy was so far out there but we looked at it with this kind of with our, our eyes in present day last year thinking like this is not that far from probably happening like something like this could devolve into that whereas i don't what, think we'd ever use gatorade to water crops <laughs> you never know dude you never know but i'll tell you this movie i don't feel like you look at this and go this is possible to get to 
I feel like we're already there. Like what they showed us was literally how the world is right now. Mm-hmm. And they just showed us what would happen if it was, you know, we had imminent just destruction coming. Like, would we spend our time rioting and just doing all this nonsense and, and continuing? Or do we like what happens? Like what happens during our last few months or whatever it, it was going to be 20 something days or 30 something. First, it was like 60 days, wasn't it? Like they had some time to do something. It was eventually became 28 days when they launched the beads. But before that, right, they had a chance to do something. These scientists said, listen, there's things already in place. We have ideas that if this happens, that was like three or three months. Yeah. Yeah. We could send up drones and with with warheads and and knock it off course, do that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And which they did. (laughs) Yeah, they were good. Well, that's what they were going to do. They were going to do it. And then they turn around. Because like your Elon Musk guys like, hey, 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 why don't we put a hold on this? Right. He's like a hippie tech billionaire. And he had this very like uh, on the spectrum thing going like the Asperger style thing going. Um, but you he know, was that's a manipulator, too. But he's like, hey, you know, he's like, listen, he's like, uh, just so you guys know, we analyze the stuff. Our astrogeologists analyze what's on there. And what, is, what is that? <laughs> and this is what, what is he was talking about. I felt like this was important too. If, if you were actually paying attention to what was being said, he was saying something along the lines of like, right now, a lot of the stuff that we use to build our technology, a lot of the different minerals is we're running short on, you know, on, on earth. Um, and a lot of it right now is being controlled by China. They sit on all of these different kinds of mines where you can get these minerals mm-hmm. and that. Well, he didn't say it in that manner, but right. Oh no. He said the pan, something about the panda. He's got, Paul the, he's got their panda Paul. On, yeah. Um, but his idea and and so that my first piece was like i think i'm going to look more into that because i feel like that's true i feel like that was written there for us to understand like just so you guys are aware these cell phones we use all this technology we keep using we only have this because we're mining the earth for these minerals which we're running out of so where do you go from here right Mm -hmm. um the other side of it though is is like he shows like if he's if he's got enough money whoever that person is can still make the call that will control the fate of the entire world. Right. And he did. He's just like, you know what? Turn it around. And they did because this, this rock has all of these minerals and the plan will be to go explode them all. And they fall to earth and the U S Navy goes out and collects it all for the, for the United States of America. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. what the hell is going on? And then you have the scientists, right? So you have DiCaprio is the scientist who at the beginning is very kind of nervous and sheepish and can't do this thing. And the more he's getting into it and he's starting to see the kind of attention he's getting, he starts to become corrupt. And I say corrupt in that he becomes someone who he isn't. Now Mm -hmm. he cares about the online. He becomes fake. Yeah. He becomes fake to what his, what he stands for. Yeah. He's cheating on his wife and his family. You know, he's doing all these things, but he's also working for the politicians who are like just kind of trouncing him out there. And he's starting to say a lot of the things that he thinks is going to help. But then he realizes now I'm speaking for them on this new plan that hasn't even been peer reviewed. He's being questioned by like his peers. Like, are you really going with this plan? We already knew the other one worked because there was all of these tests and these theories and these models that were worked up for, for decades for when a plan like this, like we've, we have this in place. What's in place for this? Like what's peer reviewed And there? He's just like, it hasn't been, but the politicians are bringing him out so that he says it, you know what I mean? And so I thought that was, that was interesting too, is to see that even somebody with the best of intentions still has that, you know, 
the ability to be corrupted really well and he yeah he wants to get ahead of it and be not be the spokesperson for what's happening but to still make sure he said at one point be the man in the room to influence yeah you know and and clearly that didn't happen right you get even to the point where like they were naming the comet after uh jennifer jennifer uh, lawrence's character because she's the one who discovered it and he kept saying she discovered it up until a point where now he was really getting the bigger head he was loving the attention and every time they said this is the discoverer he wouldn't correct them right um yeah dude there's a lot of commentary in this film that really kind of mirrors uh modern day and what we're seeing happen right all the way to the point where you have people who it starts splitting the families when Mm -hmm. jennifer lawrence is coming home and she and the parents are like yeah we can't have you in this house because we're for we're for the comet creating jobs like you know what i mean and it's it's like you can't bring politics is splitting up families and lives based on ideals Mm -hmm. that are are literally thrown out there by people who want to control right and as long as they control a certain mass population with their thoughts and pit them against the others nobody's paying attention to the shit that they're doing which we see in the background here right making decisions based on whether it's going to look bad in the press for me making decisions based on how much money it's going to give us or how much money is this lobbyist paying us right now to make these decisions do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's crazy dude yeah it's it's (laughs) again it's one of those things where you just you can't even realize how ridiculous it is but how how so close to truth it actually is it's yeah i mean adam mckay did a great job of i don't think he wrote this i think he did the screenplay Mm -hmm. and the direction and production and all that stuff but uh, directing and producing but i do believe that um oh here it goes writer director and producer so he did a better job than Michael Mann. Yeah, I would say. Uh, but yeah, in terms of this plot, man, it's it's a very, very kind of visceral like experience to mm-hmm. to live through as you're watching it because you're watching it knowing like this is our reality. And am I really watching what would happen if this happened? Do you know what I mean? Just kind of the downfall and just that we really will all self-destruct because we're too busy fighting each other instead of figuring out how to fix it. Well, and that, I mean, that's a perfect setup for the fact that uh, another, another thing that this movie addresses more subtly is nepotism, mm-hmm. you know, with uh, putting the son as the chief of staff, which by the way, has to be approved by Congress. Um, you know, the, you're the person that you're having an affair with put in as a, a Supreme court justice. Yeah. And, you know, all the people that are you know, and conversely, all the people that are trying to get information out as, you know, the, the journalist lifestyle or the journalist um, approach in 2021, 2022, mm-hmm. or even just currently um, is, is like, oh, what'll get clicks and likes and how far can we yeah. take this story? Yeah. You know, it's, it's all manipulation. And keep it light. You don't want your, your viewers, you know, feeling depressed or feeling like it's mm-hmm. the end of the world. Yeah, Fun, funny little quips you know like that little morning it was like a mm-hmm. like those like uh morning talk show news talk it's shows you know what show, I mean? yeah, yeah yeah it's like the the today show and yeah you know but you know it, it's yeah there's there's so much in here that's a commentary on a lot of different things that i think on first viewing i couldn't i couldn't catch them all and how important they they think like the appear appearance and approval on social media is 
and so that like right after the 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 scientists the were on the news and then yeah. they're back in the room with them and all of a sudden you have some oh, ladies geez. saying approval ratings are right here right now this mm-hmm. is what's trending uh he's being called an elf uh and you know what i mean like that's all like immediately they have all this data because that's mm-hmm. what they're tracking they want to see what's working what's not keep out there what's working and pull away what's not yeah these are the metrics this is how we change Crazy. to get yeah it it and, and that's not wrong. Those analytics nope, exist. Yes. Uh, we're not famous enough, but you can go to Google analytics and you can just search yourself and it's like, yeah, it, or, or a, a noun or a subject like Chris, you could search the network. Uh, wow. You get a lot of things if you just search the network, but <laughs> you know, if you go with the original name or the podcast title or whatever, yeah. you would get how many hits do you have? How many, you know, there's so much or uh, Google trends, excuse me, not analytics. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, don't don't do it if you're self-conscious about anything. Great. Now I have to do it. I got zero clicks. Oh no, nobody loves me. Yeah, it, I I measure my self-worth by how long my workday is, and how many people ask me for help at work. No oh, man, Th- those um, numbers are very high. By the way, there you go. Um, all right, dude. So, you anything else you want to say on this plot? Because we're a lot of the other sections we're going to talk about are really going to keep hitting on a lot of what happened mm-hmm. in the movie. No, I'm, I, I think we've hit the high strokes or the high, the high touch yeah. items. And, and like you said, yeah, we'll, we'll hit more as we, as we'll, we'll flesh out there you go. more of the plot as we talk, as we, as we make our way through this. So let's get into the cast. Straight up dude, Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh-uh. Jennifer Lawrence is number one on the call sheet, my friend. Ah, I see. I'm looking at the Google casting. Yeah, she uh, she made it a point to be. Do it. Jennifer shared. Lawrence. Yeah, not shared, but. Let's start with Jennifer Lawrence. Sheet. For me, I mean, I thought it was an amazing performance. Yeah, I'm not a big Jennifer Lawrence fan. I think she's a little overinflated in terms of how great she is. And I, I've never watched The Hunger Games, so maybe that's why I have this opinion. <laughs> I saw that movie with Chris Pratt. What movie hmm. was that? Uh, passengers, I think. I don't think Basically, they're yet. on they're on the Beta Ray Bill ship, more or less, and they, uh, uh, you know, the oh well, the, yeah, look at I the mean, source not, material. Not really. I mean, well, it was Walt <laughs> Simonson. Watch your mouth. <laughs> My good friend Jim Shooter hired him to Marvel. <laughs> your bestie, your Bob bestie Bob Camp's other friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, dude, what did you think of her performance in this? I thought she did a really good job of being uh, of a of appearing without context bonkers yeah. and then you get the context and it's just the frustration of this is important because it impacts whoever you whoever you are that i'm talking to right now you're all gonna die and i'm not saying that with a any level of malice mm-hmm. but scientific fact here you go i've done the math all day i've had other people do the math and peers of of her mentor, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio's character, Dr. Mindy have all looked at it. And then they start to call in question. Oh, it's not that important. Yeah. The president worried about this Supreme court justice and her douchebag son, who again, (laughs) somehow became chief of staff. Well, it'll happen dude, because when you have lobbyists that pay for the Congress, uh, the congressman, then those congressmen got to lean a certain way to make sure and vote a certain way. I mean, it's just, that's the sad truth, right? Mm-hmm. I liked what I liked about her character. She played this character. 
um, that was also kind of an alternative style mm-hmm. lifestyle, right? So she was already has this kind of uh, loathing maybe for authority figures so mm-hmm. much so that when they go to the white house, she's not going out of her way to change her clothes and dress differently. She's Neither going in, did, you know frankly. what I mean? That's true. That's true. But this, uh, what's his name? He's dressed a little bit more professionally. You know what I mean? I think he had a flannel button down on. Oh, was it? I thought it was, I thought he had a, 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 he had a, puffy, a blazer. He had a puffy first down jacket too. Oh, maybe I wasn't paying attention to that piece, but I know, I know uh, Jonah Hill's character kept commenting mm-hmm. on, on how Jennifer Lawrence looked. There's a scene where he's just like, Hey, thanks for dressing up. <laughs> well, uh, and, and part of it too, I think is because men can get away with jeans in a more mm-hmm. to look more dress appropriate and women, there's a higher expectation for women. Again, going back to yeah. maybe subtle commentary in the plot of women have to quote dress nice or to be yeah. taken seriously. Yeah. Because he does say something also when it's just uh, Jennifer Lawrence and Leonardo, when they came back again and they're sitting out there waiting, Jonah mm-hmm. Hill opens the door and he's like, gentlemen, again, this kind of slight he's, he's digging mm-hmm. at her. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But Leo, for me, I feel like his performance in this was just awesome. I mean, he's, I mean, who knew the kid, the, the, the best friend in season four of growing pains would turn out to be, you know, <laughs> this this kid and gilbert grape dude yeah well him too yeah uh but yeah i mean he's just i mean there was a time when i was like oh if this guy but you know his solely his acting yeah it's like wow dude like you you're really like you're top notch uh you know as pick a pick a character you know if you've ever if you've never seen it check out on youtube just um you know, Leonardo DiCaprio acting, you know, whatever like that, because there'll be a lot of these things where they show the cameras before, you know, it's from behind the scenes. So mm-hmm. before cameras are getting, they're getting ready and he's setting in his spot and he's ready to do his thing. This dude, the look on his face is so focused. It's almost like he's zoning completely out, getting into something because as soon as they say action, boom, he becomes like alive. And it's, it's the most insane thing. It's very intense to look at, but, um, but yeah, man, this character, the way he starts this character out, this very kind of, um, he gets described later in the movie as a field mouse. And that's kind of like how he is like this mousy kind of, you know, nervousy guy. He's got a family, so you can tell he loves his family, and that's all there, right? And this unsuredness. Um, but as as he starts to evolve, and like I said, this 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 thing happens where he gets corrupted. He, he starts to become a little bit more sure of himself. Like he starts to speak a little bit more surely, and now he's he's comfortable in what he's doing. Um, until we get to the point where he kind of co- has this epiphany and this realization where he comes back to his true character mm-hmm. and he loses it, dude. Like he flips the hell out live on TV. And that was to me, I was just like, Whoa, this is awesome. That was, that was his breaking point, yeah. you know, where everything was just kind of passe, you know, not passe, but well, let's just take a wait and see approach or, yeah. eh, you know, eh, you know, eh, three people were shot and killed outside of the local Safeway and, Ha ha ha! I bet there'll be. Hopefully, it rains tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, wow, that's um, that's one way to look at it. And then right back down to the end, where he just kind of is becomes this character, and the way his acting is, even sitting at the table, knowing what's coming. You know what I mean? Like, dude, Very it was it was awesome, dude. I thought it was great. Yeah, I mean, there's there's, I mean. He's played a lot of different characters as well. He's, I mean, he's very good at selecting which characters he plays and what choices he makes for those characters. Um, I'm curious to know what, like, 
Like he's done quite a few things, obviously. Oh yeah. I'm curious, like not of what he's done now, but like what would be like the well, damn, like he's just transformative. He be he like he became this person. Like what would be what do you think would be like the best role that he could play? Like you know how uh, Robert Downey Jr. basically is regarded as Iron Man at this point, so much so that they changed the character depiction of him in the comics yeah to look similar to that of robert downey jr so like, you're you're asking in terms of leo yeah like what uh what character like let, let's assume it's a real life character and and it's kind of unfair of me to ask you this question but like he did howard hughes he played howard hughes in the aviator yeah. right yeah i don't uh, think you would ever depict howard hughes in fiction moving forward looking anything mm-hmm. like him or acting like him mm-hmm. i don't know if there is a is it maybe i mean yeah, like what I don't type? Know. Like he was great in Django as like the plantation slave owner. Well, he became a very I mean, famous meme because of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. With well, that face, that was that was well the Great Gatsby too. You know, with oh. lifting up the yeah, there's the that champagne one glass. Yeah, I mean, you know, he he has really. I mean, he was in uh, that Bo Burnham was it Bo Burnham Baz Luhrmann. I get those two mixed up because I'm not familiar with either. Uh, as um, you know, in Romeo and Juliet, I mean, that was a great portrayal, and that's some dense dialogue. Yeah. You know, I, I think mean, he. I think he'll always also be remembered as uh, Jack in Titanic. Oh, That'll absolutely. be a character that's yeah. that's you know. Yeah, that's true. So he he has played these characters that have become kind of iconic. And, and again, going back to what's eating Gilbert Grape, you know, like for a kid to to really portray that and and come across very realistic. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I think everybody knew that this kid was special from the beginning. He just had this way of acting. But mm-hmm. in this movie, man, I, he just commands. He just commands this, this performance, right? And and he is that scientist that is kind of like, hey guys, you have to trust us, kind of thing. And I don't know. Do you know who, who I kept thinking of every time I watched him was Fauci? Because do you remember like mm-hmm. when everything was happening and they brought Fauci around and he's saying you got to listen mm-hmm. to the science, you got to do this, this, and this. But then That's as true, soon yeah. as he started saying things that the the administration didn't like, they started pushing him more and more to the back bringing out this other lady right and then soon he's just kind of sitting off to the side but then he didn't he, stop saying what he was saying right he, he didn't started, change. right he started coming out even louder right even because he wasn't on stage so he would go on news channels and then then the administration just started dogging him we're just like ah he's full of crap he's he's a liar he's he's this and that and so it again it just felt so real and, it, and the portrayal of, of this character was just so so good mm-hmm. what about meryl streep streep as the president Oh my goodness, she was just loathsome. So good, right? She's so yeah. good, dude. She made you like hate her and be like this woman. <laughs> Here's a comment that I got last night. Um, I hate Donald Trump even more because of this character. <laughs> <laughs> my ears heard that sentence, and I just, I just, I had to laugh. I'm like, geez, oh my goodness. But it was actually kind of, I mean, watching it, you get, you get that feel, right? But it feels like it was also a combination of other presidents and some of the bad shit that they've done and got away with, you know what I mean? Or, or given a pass on. Well, and I think there was a very subtle visual reference to that. Like there was a picture of, yeah. I mean, there was Nixon painting on the wall. There was yep. a picture of Meryl Streep photoshopped in with Bill Clinton. Yeah. Hugging. Um, silly things in there. Yeah, it was great. Um, obviously, you know, Jonah Hill is mm-hmm. really portraying like that Donald Trump Jr. style character. You know it, dude. You know that's what that looked like. 
Uh, I think he was just playing the kid he played from Superbad. <laughs> God, he was so good in that condescending oh my way. Goodness. You know what I mean? He's always well, condescending. He's like, what are you doing? Why are you breathing like that? You're really making me uncomfortable. He's like, I'm well, breathing like this because I'm telling you we're all going to die. And he's just like, yeah, but you're making me uncomfortable. And and some of the things that he said were very much, to the previous point, very much like Donald Trump, uh, just in reverse, uh, where he would talk about his, it's like, oh, if she wasn't my mom, Oof. Oh God, you're right. Like, what the hell? You're dude? right. What does he say? Uh, uh, the number one, the leading vote for, for something about her being in Playboy or something like, mm-hmm. like wouldn't it, wouldn't it be great if she was on Playboy or something? Yeah, weird shit. But then there was this other side of him where remember when they're at that that rally and he starts talking down on people. He's like, yeah, but we're talking about people who kind of suck. People like what does he say? Like gym, like fitness instructors, nutritionists, <laughs> yeah, nutritionists personal trainers. <laughs> uh, it's like, we need three kinds of people, the low level people that work, the rich people like us and them. <laughs> and then there's a scene when then like, they're finally like, Hey, we're all dying, everybody. And they're, mm-hmm. they're giving this announcement out so people could hear it. He's just like, also, you know, we want to, we, we don't want to forget, but we want to say a prayer for things because stuff is cool. <laughs> You know, like stuff is cool, like like really dope apartments, you know, like, yeah, and like shit like, like that. sick, sick, this and that. <laughs> he was such and, a like, oh, God, you wanted to slap the kid in the face. He was that completely detached. He was so insulated from what reality was because of the money or wherever the status he came from that this is to him. This mm-hmm. to him is like, this is going to suck, dude. We're not going to have any sick apartments anymore. <laughs> I mean, way to put your priorities on front street. I mean, it, you know, the, there was a point I made about nepotism. Uh, There's also a point about basically bad parenting to to this as well. And everyone's favorite um, uh, phrasing of trophies, you know, every kid gets a trophy type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Someone wanted a trophy and his trophy was just far too big. Exactly. Um, We also had Melanie Linsky. She played the wife of Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, just um, put upon Midwestern wife is what I would yeah. say here. Serviceable. Limited. I don't feel like she was over the top. Awesome. In terms of her performance, but it's what you would expect. Yeah. Um, Rob Morgan played the other scientist, the, the NASA scientist. I love this guy, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Uh, did you ever see a miniseries, a Netflix miniseries called Daredevil? Or Luke oh, Cage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was Turk. The guy the, that's the right. Relief, basically. And I mean, Wikipedia says he's he, in 2020, New York Times listed him as number 20 of the 25 greatest actors of the 21st century. Wow. To be honest, I haven't seen a whole lot of what he's in aside from the Marvel Netflix shows. Um, but I really enjoyed him on that just because he brought some silliness and, you know, believability. But I mean, he's he was in. um yeah, none of these movies I've heard of, or well, I've not seen. But you know, from what I understand, he—I mean, he's—he's he's very. From what I've seen, he's a very, very good actor. Nice. That's as much yeah, as I, I liked know. him, I thought he was good in this. I liked him a lot. Um, Ariana Grande. So she fit right like she played mm-hmm. that type of character well like i think what? she was overacting with that she's all cutesy with them and the second she brought up the boy that uh he brought up i'm mm-hmm. sorry about your breakup she's like fuck you you old man who's <laughs> just trying to relate yeah like, but what in the hell 
was what was up with that song at the end especially like the that second was and amazing. third verse. that was, was amazing it was so i was bonkers. listening dude I, when it came on i was thinking to myself really they're gonna be like the first time i saw i was like i had a flashback to collateral and i'm like oh we're doing mm-hmm. a music video in the middle of a movie all of a sudden then i re- then i started listening to the lyrics i was like oh that's why you have to pay attention to what she's mm-hmm. singing because it's absolute. that's again you know how entertainment would do something like that. They'd end up like making it a thing like this. It's the end of the world. So let's have a concert about it. Yeah. And, you know, just like, oh, and, and we realized that we should listen to the science and, and that we all done fucked up. What? <laughs> like it just gets, it starts out like a normal song. Yeah. <laughs> and then it just kind of devolves into how many words can I fit into this oh, one stanza? God. That is a music term. How many line? How many words yeah. can I fit? Syllables can I fit into this this line of the song? I mean, the paper just gets wider and wider <laughs> at one point. It's, oh it's, God! It's not like unlike. Um, okay, it, this is topical. Uh, probably not the best person to talk about, but uh, there's this musician named Arthur Kelly. You might know him as <laughs> R. Kelly. Um, Keep it in the closet. Have you ever listened to what the the apologies or like the these are my faults or whatever like rant diatribe that he oh, did? Oh God, where he's like, I, I don't know how to read yeah, and, and yeah, like, yeah, and and also like part. Unfortunately, yes, of, I have <laughs> part seventy four of in the closet, which is yeah. the greatest comedy ever because it's just it's what performance the performance art. It's just performance it's, art. It's if go with me on this. Have you ever seen Les Mis? We're going off the, the highway, guys. We're taking this exit yeah. real quick. Yeah, yeah. Hold on. We got to stop for gas. Yeah. Um, no, I have not seen Lehman's. Okay. So Lehman, you could have seen the movie. Look, I was I have been fortunate enough to see it on Broadway, and it's amazing. Nice. nice. Um, the whole thing is sung. All of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen Phantom of the Opera on Broadway, and not all of it's sung. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are not brags. These are just facts. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't help it if it's true, right? Um, so... The whole thing, like all almost three hours is, is song and the cadence is perfect. You know, you're not like, all right, what's this bullshit? Maybe like five seconds in, you're like, are they going to stop singing sometime? And then seven you're seconds just into in, it. Yeah. Yeah. Then you're like, whoa, this is good. This is now good you're shit. Lost. Now you're not even realizing they're singing and you're just in the story. Yeah. You're in the story. I've also read it in English and French. That's oh. how that's a brag. Now that's a brag. Yeah, that's a brag. <laughs> Same with Phantom. Um, but um, what if R. Kelly did <laughs> play John Valjean <laughs> with his with his in the closet cadence? <laughs> oh, that's kind of like the third and fourth because the song is over long too, and and it's hilarious yeah, how yeah, long. Yeah, it is. yeah. But if it was, it's like three and four verses, three and four vor- verses, it's just so. It just evolves into just words at that point. And that's kind of how her song goes. Like all of a sudden you start listening. You're like, she's saying all these nonsense, th- not nonsense, but it's, it it's becomes like, where she's commentary. She's commenting on what's going on. She becomes commented on as well. Yeah. Of like, all right, this is, we are the world Gal Gadot. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It, it is right. The imagine mm-hmm. whatever. Um, oh yeah. 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 That, yeah. Kate Blanchett and Tyler Perry as these kind <laughs> of morning news hosts. So Tyler Perry already he's you know he's just there to play this kind of the 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 guy that makes the quips and hey that's that's great i didn't know that stars explode wow <laughs> whoa and he has a friend for everything by the way 
because he has a friend stories. Did you notice they're on the teleprompter? Uh, <laughs> it's all prefabricated. Then there's the part where he says something like he makes this joke about, well, hey, you think we could maybe have one of those those pieces of rock hit this house on wherever? That's In my ex-wife's Jersey, yeah. place. <laughs> like so he plays that character perfect but we get mm-hmm. more of kate blanchett because she gets inserted into the story she becomes kind of one of these things that corrupts uh DiCaprio's, uh DiCaprio's character she's the honeypot with her own motives not other people's motives yeah and she plays it good dude she plays mm-hmm. this woman good i did not realize that was kate blanchett for the longest time Same. the last time i saw her she was wearing antlers dude i didn't real antlers <laughs> from thor ragnarok Oh, <laughs> yeah, dude. I didn't realize it was her either until mm-hmm. um, after it, like, I think it was after he slept with her the first time. Um, I was like, whoa, hold on a second. Is that Kate Blanchett? And I was like, holy crap, that is her. Um, but yeah, so Ron Perlman plays this kind of old school general mm-hmm. that they they bring out to kind of steer the, the shuttle to, to the mission, the initial mission to knock it off course. And he ends up turning it around. But he plays this character that's like. He's from the old school military. He's an older generation guy, so he's not as politically correct when he speaks. <laughs> when he's flying out, he talks about how he loves all the hardworking white people on Earth, and mm-hmm. then and then what? some. And he Jeez, man. and then he when he says something saying about the gays, they're like, "All right, uh, we need to make you. You need to pay attention. We're about to do." He's like, "Oh, okay, okay." Yeah, they course correct. <laughs> yeah, hey, shut up, stop it. <laughs> but he plays that character great because later he's just shooting at the comet as, as it's coming down. He's just shooting. Um, it's it's wild. That for me, those were about those are basically a lot of the standout actors. I, there was a lot of side characters. Chris Evans plays um, an actor in this movie or a director, right? He directs a film that's basically a disaster film that is supposed uh, to come out the day that the the that the the comet strikes, right? Like that's the thing, and they were selling tickets ahead of time, and it like sold three hundred million dollars or something like that. Uh, Chris Evans is uncredited as a film actor. Devin Peters, the actor. Okay, yeah, yeah. Actor, actor. Uh, it's great because you can't even tell it's him. You really can't. Um, he looks tiny. I mean, smaller than his Captain America. Yeah. Uh, size and shape. And it, the way he was slouching too, maybe that helped. Yeah, and so the sunglasses and the angle. Yes, I mean, nice. there's CG, but like that. De- like I looked at him, like, is that Chris Evans? And That's then awesome. said uh, Devin Peters. I'm like Devin, Evan, Evans, Chris <laughs> Evans. Mm, now we know what they're doing. Um, but yeah, dude, I felt like the acting on this movie was superb. So many good actors, the ensemble cast, mm-hmm. and a lot of them coming with their A game, really. Yeah, I mean, there's other actors that play like secondary characters, and, and Michael uh, Chiklis plays a a Rush Limbaugh style character. <laughs> Paul Guilfoyle yet again plays a what the what? okay timeout. So the the Paul Guilfoyle plays the uh, Pentagon liaison. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's like. <laughs> He gives him like a pack of Cheez-Its and a bottle of water and charges him for it. And and uh, Jennifer Lawrence like brings it up throughout the movie. Like, I can't I understand. Like, why would like he do that? Like, she's stuck on it. Like, I guess that kind of also speaks to that kind of scientific mind of like, I need this to make sense. Mm-hmm. Not I have the intuition, but mm-hmm. why? Why would well, he do it? What a dick I, still, right? Like, what uh, a dick. <laughs> what an asshole. Yeah. Oh, so dude, goofy. Too funny. Um. All right, dude, let's get into the soundtrack, the music, or the score. So we already know we have an Ariana Grande number in this mm-hmm. film. 
which was fun. It is. You got to listen to it, listen to the lyrics. Uh, but overall, the score in this movie, um, I just thought it was it was awesome. I, it just again, it fit. There were these moments throughout the movie like where we so we've talked about all this other stuff. And there was one thing I wanted to touch on all of these moments of chaos. And sometimes they show us these kind of moments of social media posts and these kind of things. But throughout this film, while we are being told that there's impending danger, there's this thing that's going to destroy the entire earth. We get these little moments and montages of life on earth, animals, mm you know, insects, um, all the way down to cellular structures. Like we're, it's just these little images that you basically see like on like national geographic or something, right. Planet earth. Yeah. But, but they're in these moments where it's just kind of like, for me, they were super impactful. It was this kind mm-hmm. of like, we're going to die. And then, but what does that mean? Not just not our world of TikTok, not our world of what we're seeing happening in the movie, but I, like, I wish that would die. <laughs> yeah. Right. It says, but it's also like, pay attention to what we don't think about either. And then boom, you see like, a hippopotamus baby with its mama, like rubbing its head and a newborn baby kind of, or, or you know, a, a little baby, a, a one-year-old baby laughing. And then, you know, a, a mother and daughter kind of hugging. It was like all these moments where you're just like, Oh my God. Natural the cameras. You. Yeah. Where the camera just catches these moments from a national, like you said, a like planet earth, which is a great documentary, by the way. Yeah. If you've never watched it. Um, yeah. It was, it's like, Oh, they're cutting to everything. Not just humans as we know it, like you said, are going to, be you know irrevocably dis uh revoked right um so yeah the, all those moments it's like this, this just a lot of beautiful orchestral music you know so the com- mm-hmm. com- the composing in this movie was great i thought the score was good mm-hmm. um i don't think there's much aside from the song that she sings right that's that's a thing in this movie there we don't have actually any any songs song songs like when i got commercial songs i don't believe so um, I didn't notice any, but at the same time, I didn't listen to the end credits. I just forwarded to the, uh, did you catch it this catch time? The, the last, the class, the end credit scene, the, uh, it was, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, uh, that was silly. That was very silly. Uh, but yeah, so over, overall for me, the score good, it fits. Mm-hmm. It yeah. worked and it was, it worked too, to hit emotion. Cause there's also that moment, um, when they're, they're driving, right? He's driving at night. It's towards the end of the film. And he notices the comet in the sky and mm-hmm. he gets out of the car. And as he does that, there's this scene where like the camera's looking down from a mm-hmm. bird's eye view, but, and then starts pulling away slowly while everybody's getting out and looking up. And that music that they used at that moment, I was That's just perfect like, swell whoa, scene. whoa. Yeah. It was so good. It, so it's, good. It's like an epiphany type, you know, evokes a, an epiphany type response that, you're feeling what these characters are feeling like, well, damn, mm-hmm. guess what? Now we have, we all have the, the ability to peer review the data. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, overall, dude, I thought it was a decent score. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought it was really good too. Let's get into special effects. There were a few. When, it, when it's an end of the world movie, right? A, a, a destruction kind of movie, uh, things that have to deal with space. If, if you want it to look good, you're going to put some money into it and it's special effects. Mm-hmm. So we had look, close looks at this comet. We had, you know, scenes from space looking at Earth. Look, maybe like you could see maybe the, the surface, surface of the moon in the foreground, things like that. And that looked great. That looked absolutely great. Well, and also all of the rockets taking off. Yes. 
you know, all that stuff is, uh, yeah. And not then real, the explosions, the all the explosions we saw, I thought looked good, but then here's the spoiler alert. If you haven't seen the movie yet and you're listening all the way this far, uh, we do have to see the end of the world. So we have to watch like the, that moment at the end when they're eating dinner and this, it starts to go in slow motion, like super slow motion. And you can see the wall behind her break and start mm-hmm. to shoot forward. You know what I mean? All those little moments were like amazing, amazing. Well, yeah, the, all the destruction looked as far as I know, you know, in my, in my uh, experience with end of the world events, um, I can't say that none of them are unrealistic in this movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, and, and it they looked exactly allude, like it should, <laughs> like you would think it would. And at the very least, uh, I mean, you know, it hit in the, uh, what the South shore, the, like, <clears throat> on the uh, east or west side of South America, mm-hmm. um, maybe a little further north in the right above, right around Central America on the globe, and then you just see the 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 you know the the thrust of I guess the clouds the force, and everything yeah. else, and then you see the water coming in after it because that's how science works, mm-hmm. or at least that's what science tells us. And I don't know about you, Chris, but I'm a believer in science. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't say for everybody, but yeah. Yeah. The, uh, I thought it was crazy looking, dude. And then there was also things like, so in the last time we talked, when we talked about the foreigner, um, I had a big problem with their enhancing of their computer mm-hmm. imagery in this mm-hmm. film. They did it the right way. They have this kind of space field, right? With all the stars, they're trying to get close. So they get a zoom in shot to look at Is this really a comet? And it looks the way it does when you really do it in real life with mm-hmm. computer programs. So I thought that was decent. Um, the way the comet looked in the sky looked great. Um, yeah, dude, I think the, the special effects in this film were, were top notch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd say even, even at the end when there were things floating, right. And it was still kind of funny looking, but you know, in certain things like the, the cell phone yeah. that says it was the <laughs> congratulations on the end of your, your diet or whatever. Yeah, diet timer. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, I feel like, uh, I think I think it looked good. I think it looked good. And then even the rubble, like at the very, very, very end, when Jonah Hill gets out and he's all like everything's all destruction around him. I thought it looked good too. Mm-hmm. It was pretty yeah, funny. I like that. I did like that. So um, yeah, there we go. Let's get into our thoughts and our our score. We're gonna be scoring this on. Did we change our mind yet? Or are we keeping it at just five comets, five Earth killers, planet killers? Yeah. Let's do that. Five Earth killers. There we go. Uh, I'll let you go first. All right. So uh, this is the first time I was watching this movie. And, um, you know, uh, you had mentioned it to me a couple weeks ago. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's a movie. Don't look up. Um, <laughs> and you would not stop raving about how, how much you enjoyed the movie. I was like, all right, that's okay. Uh, and then you basically co-opted this week and said, this is what we're watching. I said, also, okay, uh, that's fine. So when we sat down to watch it last night, I'm like, oh, it's 2.18, two hours, 18. Okay, well, let's start watching it at 1030 because doesn't that make sense, right? <laughs> but when we started watching it, like the, the front credits rolled and it was Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, uh, Turk from Daredevil, and, uh, you know, uh, Film by Adam McKay with this guy, Meryl Streep, and that guy, Tyler Perry, Kate Blanchett, Timothy Chalamet, which we didn't even mention. Uh, oh, that's right. That's right. You know, and, and all these other people. And I'm like, uh, another comment that I heard from you last night was, 
wow, what a what a giant wow, uh, what a wow. what an ensemble cast. Like this is shaping. This has the all the the trappings of a good cast. I think we watched a movie recently where that was not the case. Ooh, I can't remember which, but it was. Uh, let's say it was not as good as this one. So you have all these people in it. You have this very dense but very followable plot. Um, you know, you have these very well-defined characters who will, over the course of the movie, evolve. Um, some more than others. Some not at all. And it's very. It, it sparks a conversation. I think that's the point of this movie, mm-hmm. uh, as well as to entertain. Um, but it also has. You know, it sparks a conversation during the movie of, oh, there's a parallel here with somebody we are familiar with. There's a, you know, there's a conversation after the fact that we actually had at one in the morning. Um, I mean, it wasn't anything as uh, much. It was, it was, I'm tired. I'm going to bed. That was the end of the conversation. <laughs> but, uh, but before it, it was like, what did you think of the movie? Did you enjoy it? What parts were, were what did you think of? The movie i guess is, mm-hmm. and then like we would talk about specific parts as they were brought up and and it was just really interesting of how relatable real life and very accurate this movie is if not one step left or right from right. the way things have been going in the real world outside of the matrix and you know, and, and it was just very thought provoking. Uh, it kind of lives with you a little bit. Um, but I mean, just the overall content, the way everything was laid out, the, the visuals, the, you know, the characters and how they all interwove into the story in and out where it made sense. Uh, I mean, there really wasn't a loose thread hanging that I can remember, uh, or that I noticed. Um, and the acting was just superb with, how you feel when you're, when you're being um, told that you're wrong, when you are a hundred percent, right. You start questioning your expertise. If I was going for a doctorate, Chris, I wouldn't want anybody aside mm-hmm. from somebody else who is in my exact field and who knows what I'm talking about um, to tell me that maybe not you're wrong, but you're, this is where I follow you. And then this is different in my calculations, especially when is, it's, when it's like Jonah Hill condescending, right? He's like, yeah. wait, when it's someone did you say putting... Michigan state? He's yeah. like, no, so not, so not an Ivy league school basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, yeah. When you have someone who is clearly not qualified uh, commenting on your work or newscasters who feed the news in a <laughs> yeah. type way, you know, it's uh, but it, you know, everything, the way it's done in this movie and the way it's portrayed is just so realistic, you know, and, and, and the acting gives it real life, mm-hmm. really re- real relatability. And, and I can't not say that this movie is just excellent. Um, I mean, all that said, you know, um, I think I got to go real close right up to the line, but I think I got to stick just before the line. I got to go four seven five on this one. Nice. I think it was just, it was just well-rounded and, and all around just, really solid yeah uh you said at the beginning um i loved this film immediately i finished watching it and you're right it stuck with me dude it stayed with mm-hmm. me and i tell people they need to watch it because it's again it feels like 
what you're doing is turning a mirror on the society. And now we have to watch how are we be, how are we really acting? Right. It's mm-hmm. kind of like when kids misbehave and they don't realize parents have like those little hidden cams or security cams. And then the parents ask them like, what'd you do? Uh-huh. What'd you do? No, oh, I'm not doing anything. No, no, no. And then they make them watch it. And that feeling, that uncomfortable feeling you get mm-hmm. by watching like, Oh God. Right. Like that's what's happening in this film. And like you said, everything about what they lay out from beginning to end is not hard to follow. And it's not convoluted. Like it's direct and to the point. And it's so on point. If you're living in this world at this time, you're not going to get lost because you're watching this movie and you know what they're referencing. You mm-hmm. know what they're, what they're talking about. You know what's happening because you're living this, right? And they don't beat you over the head with it. Right. Exactly. I thought, yeah, exactly. It's more along the lines of just to see it play out, right? Just watch it. Mm-hmm. We're not going to even comment too much in, on the movie about it. We're just going to let you watch it. Mm-hmm. And for me, the one of the things I thought uh, after I watched, especially the second time, is how how good this movie is because it's all at once horrific, right? Like it's the end times, the end of the world. This we have to watch people now die and know that they're going to die. It's funny. There are so many things on this that are, are funny that are like things like the way she's obsessing over why did the general charge mm-hmm. us for these things when they're for free, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that Jonah Hill just has his way of delivery, uh, the sarcastic remarks and, you know, just condescendingness, the way he's an asshole, but you just, it's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's, you know, you know, there's these moments of brilliance where you just kind of get to see these characters be smart and be themselves and be kind of these kinds of characters. Then, dude, it's sad it is a sad movie because you're watching this and you know it's coming and like i said they show you these flashes of beauty right Mm -hmm. not everything in this world is garbage because there's these things that are happening in this world too and so when you're watching all of these things my one of my favorite ones is the hummingbird there's a scene of a hummingbird Mm. super slow motion and it's like 4k quality or something because it's absolutely gorgeous and you or the animals right like the, the the baby hippopotamus and things like this i'm just like it's sad and you're watching these people like not care and you're just kind of like come on you got to do something you got to do something all the way down to where they know they're not going to so what do you do next right we spend your last moments with the people you love and just try Mm -hmm. to be normal because you know you're not going you know you know because they're sitting there having a conversation at the dinner table with the lights starting to flicker and things rumbling Mm -hmm. around like that is like crazy um yeah, yeah they try to they, they try to play it off like it's you know like nothing's happening too which is i guess yeah. what you would do in that it's interesting that right yeah. and it makes you think of that if this movie also makes you think like what would i do how would i handle this what you know what i mean so what would i mm-hmm. do at that time if i knew for sure it's the end and i had nothing there's nothing we could do to kind of get away with it what would i do with that time left because mm-hmm. like I said, for them, it was months first, uh, right? It was uh, months. Podcast. Obviously, right? Podcast till the end, because who knows who if uh, what alien races will come across these digital pieces of media. But again, um, I loved it. I thought this is, for me, this is one of the top films of last year. I mean, it was the end of the year, so maybe they're going to look at it as a film for this year. But yeah, I'm giving it straight up five planet killers. This was to me an excellent, excellent. I mean, it looked good. Even the lighting, Mm -hmm. the cinematography, the acting, the writing. It just it was it was the the total package. (laughs) 
So, uh, so yeah, so there you go. There's, there's don't look up. Uh, next week we're coming back. We're going to have some fun next week. We were going to try to pick like, you know, buddy cop movies or like some sort of caper movie or, or, or action. But then I said, let's have some fun. Let's delve into something that you and I both share uh, uh, an affinity, an affinity for and a love of, which is comic books. Would you say an infinity for an infinity for and comic books, comic books, comic book characters, comic book movies, um, more specifically, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We're going to go through it from beginning to end, not in order. Well, well, not all at once. We're going to sprinkle them in. So we're starting at the beginning chronologically. Yeah, we're, we're kicking around some ideas of, you know, doing it, but also not losing people that are like, oh, yeah, right. superheroes. Right, right. Well, we're going to start out with one that is a superhero. But the nice thing is it is an uh, it's a period piece. This is a, a World War Two epic. We're starting at the beginning of the storyline for Marvel. We're going to Captain America, the first Avenger. War continues to ravage Europe. But help is on the way. Every able-bodied young man is lining up to serve his country. Even little Timmy is doing his part, collecting scrap metal. Nice work, Timmy. Who cares? Play the movie already. Hey, you want to show some respect? (laughs) Meanwhile, overseas, our brave boys are showing the Axis powers that the price of freedom is never too high. Let's go! Get on with it! Hey, just start the cartoon! Hey, you wanna shut up? Together with Allied forces, we'll face any threat, no matter the size. Don't know when to give up, do you? I'm gonna do this all day. And this was like the way it was released was the second one. Was it after Iron Man? It was Iron Man, Iron Man 2, 4, and Captain America. That's what it was. Those might be reversed. No, I think you're right. I think Thor came up, then Captain America. Um, but you know, this is this is what's gonna start off. The whole, the whole lore of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, at least in the way that it's it's portrayed through Disney Plus, because <laughs> Disney mm-hmm. Plus has all the movies in in order chronologically uh, in terms of you know the movies timelines. When's yeah, the last well, time you saw actually you actually watched this one? Have you seen it more than once? Is this one that oh, you've seen more than once? No, I, I've just watched all of them just one time ever. <laughs> well, there um, are only a few. There are a few I've only seen once, like uh, Ant Man Wasp. I've only seen once. Yeah. Um, a couple others um, only once. Iron Man three. Uh, I actually like Iron Man three, uh, which is apparently not pub- not popular opinion. I couldn't tell um, you. I've only seen I'm, I've seen it once, so <laughs> it's almost like a buddy cop movie. To be honest, nice. I mean, you got you got your rigs and the other guy. <laughs> you can tell I've seen Lethal Weapon, right? Um, no, it's uh, I, I have. I, here's a weird here's a weird proclamation. I have watched Thor: The Dark World more than twice. Wow, I've only seen that once too. I I like it because it has Malekith in it. Oh, and I yeah. do like I used to like that I, dude. I do like the story of Malekith. Now, I will tell you this: uh, a lot of the movies, a lot of their storylines, a lot of the characters that are in- included. Uh, if you've ever watched the far, far canceled far before its time, uh, the and it is on Disney Plus, the Avengers 
Earth's Mightiest Heroes, I believe it is. It's the okay. cartoon. It's the animation that was... Uh, the first Avengers movie came out in between the first and the second season. The second season, they do an entire season of the secret invasion, the Skrull invasion. It is amazing. Which they're the filming way. right now. Uh, they just pushed it back. <laughs> I just saw pictures leaked of Samuel L. Jackson and two other people sh- filming right now uh, for secret yeah. invasion. They pushed it back to uh, 2023. Release? If I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, I'm looking forward to this. So you'll be watching this for what the twentieth time? Um, no, but I—I uh, I mean, I really like a lot of the stuff. Some of it's hokey. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. it is a comic book movie, um, but I do know a guy that helped create the character. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. So um, that'll be next week, dude. You'll have to call I, him I, in special well, to the comment. I was just gonna say, I uh, maybe I'll just get a, an audio, a soundbite from him because he's not a fan of the uh, Marvel movies. Um, Ooh. <laughs> But I do have some dirt for you after the fact. There you go. Good dirt. All right. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Coming back with Captain America. Uh, until then, make sure to mask up. There's still some shit out there. And you never know, man. You don't want it to be the end times for you. So treat people kindly uh, and be excellent to each other. For Sean Fritz, this is Chris Chavez. We'll see you next time. Until then, it is now time to unsilence your phones. Thank you.